2: We're talking running back ranges of outcomes on Roto Viz Radio. What's up, Roto Viz? Welcome back to Rotoviz Radio. I'm Dave Cabin, senior fantasy analyst at Rotoviz, joined by Matthew Friedman of Fantasy Labs and the Action Network. How you doing, Matt?
1: I am doing okay. Uh, I've spent a chunk of the day trying to figure out how to um, get emails, uh, like for a website, um, like people would submit an email. Uh, address, and then they could download a form. This should be something that's simple. Of course, I'm a moron, so I can't figure out how to do this. So that has been frustrating. In fact, I tell you what, if anyone is listening out there and has WordPress capability and knows how to do this, hit me up on Twitter, Matt F. The Oracle, and uh, I will be forever indebted. Of course, by indebted, that doesn't mean I'm going to pay you anything. I'm just hoping that you will do this out of the kindness of your heart. <laughs>
2: um- you know, I'm feeling like this is probably an issue that uh, I-, I could help you out with. Um, how inclined I am to do that, uh, we will find out. Perhaps I can I, I-, I can get the s- the scoop on that later. Anyway, though, Matt, the people do not want to hear about that. They want to hear about running back ranges of outcomes. We talked about the range of outcomes tool last week. It's been updated for 2021. Um I don't think we need to cover too much other than saying you know the previous statements that matt has always made about this uh we have we have we have since discovered now multiple years in a row that he generally interprets the output incorrectly but i i think that we're on the same page now uh finally matt
1: yes i mean you can uh yes you can assume that i'm going to interpret everything correctly always
2: okay all right i love that all right so uh, we are going to talk about some running backs that, um, in looking at the output that you get from the tool, are being priced pretty different differently now in FFPC best ball leagues. As I will always say, this tool doesn't properly model every player or every situation. There's those extenuating factors that are hard to control for. But I want to start with David Johnson a back that I have to imagine is going to be pretty divisive this year, Matt. There's going to be people still holding on for the fact that he's in Houston. There should be volume there, despite the fact that, uh, you know, he's clearly not the player that we saw what feels like years ago now, but Duke Johnson is gone. As far as we know right now, Deshaun Watson still the quarterback. If you pull up David Johnson, the largest number of uh, matches that he have lie somewhere around the 12 points per game mark does have a couple of matches going beyond 20 in terms of his overall projection from an historical distribution score perspective david johnson slates in somewhere uh, past 20 it looks like he's at 23 in ffpc leagues right now david johnson is going at let me just pull up the uh pick right here david johnson is going at uh pick 21 map. so it's interesting uh that he's going at 21 i think a lot of that is a function of volume before we look too much at what the output actually was where do you stand on david johnson today
1: can can we talk about i don't i don't think he is going to pick 21 that's outrageously high
2: all right sorry for for a running back a positional adp of 21
1: okay sorry okay are actually you know what can we talk are we even sure about that like i'm looking at the ffpc oh wait is he 33
2: is he 33
1: yeah rb 33
2: okay yeah i lied okay
1: okay all right so you were looking at david montgomery
2: oh was i okay my bad yes
1: okay david johnson rb 33 okay uh, that ranking, I think, is right at the point. Let's say it's like 7th, 8th, ninth round where he's going to be going. That is right at the point where I want to start looking a little more for upside players. And I just do not believe that David Johnson is an upside play. And I say that even though I know that last year he had over a 1,000 yards, just over a 1,000 yards in 12 games. So, you know, in theory, if he stays healthy, you kind of project that out and he looks like someone who would maybe have 1300 yards and 10 touchdowns. And that seems great, but I just feel like there's a lack of a ceiling and so much potential downside with David Johnson. He's going to be 30 this year. And even though right now, just John Watson is his quarterback. I just feel as if there's so much risk because Johnson could just fall off a cliff. Deshaun Watson could leave. We have no idea what that offense is going to look like. And I feel pretty certain that even though Duke Johnson is now gone, someone is going to compete for some sort of touches, whether it's a rookie coming in, whether it's a veteran that they bring in someone like, I don't think it's going to be David Johnson. there acting as if it's 2016. I, I think he will have some sort
2: of competition. Okay, fair enough. Um, let me just follow up on that though. So Houston only won four games last year. You're going if you bring in a new quarterback, Houston you know will remain a bottom of the league type of team. So why is the outlook for Johnson in that offense different without Watson? I think that's probably worth exploring.
1: Why would David Johnson be worse in a worse offense? Yeah. Uh, I think just fewer touchdown opportunities, you know, like as bad as that team was like Deshaun Watson was still a top five quarterback last year. Like you just have to look at someone like the jets to see like how bad, bad can actually be. Uh, Even though they were four and 12, they were still middle of the road in points per game they average 24 points per game. Like it could get a lot worse with a new coaching staff and without Deshaun Watson. So let's say that instead of scoring 24 points per game, they're now scoring like 21 or 20, you know, like it could even be a little bit worse than that. Like this is a team that feels like it might, especially if Watson is gone, like, it legit like might go one and 15 or like two and 14. Like they, they had one of the best quarterbacks in the league last year and they were still one of the worst teams in the league. Uh Minus Watson, they could be like all time bad. And if that's the case, like Johnson has no touchdown upside, like absolutely none. Um So I don't know. I mean,
2: do, do you see a ceiling for him? So, no, I was just kind of, prodding at that question in case anybody was curious i guess the thing i will say is he did score six rushing touchdowns last year two receiving touchdowns that's not a super high total of touchdowns um with a bad quarterback i'm not sure that that number goes down a tremendous amount but i mean i guess at that level three or four touchdowns (laughs) probably does matter the ceiling that i see for david johnson is probably somewhere between 15 to 16 points that really feels like where I would set like his top end outcome I really don't want to have much at all to do with David Johnson to be very honest I don't think that he makes sense as a player to try and target I think you're going to fall into that trap of where you're looking for one of those guys that just gets volume or gets something but I'm not really thinking that uh, that's at that point in the draft what you want to try to get on your team so I I do think that we're on the same page
1: yeah like if you draft him As you said, like, you're just hoping for volume. You're hoping he stays healthy. You're hoping that he gives you an elevated floor relative to someone like, I don't know, like Damian Harris or, uh, I don't know, like Naheem Hines, Jeffrey Wilson. Like, you're just hoping that there's an elevated floor there. But I think the floor with him could actually be pretty low. Like, I I think it's much much lower, like, much uh, less stable than people would anticipate.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, You want to move on to the other David in this list that I have prepared for us, David Montgomery? Yes, yeah. All right, so David Montgomery, I was wrong, going in an ADP of 21. In the range of outcomes app, Matt, he is actually the RB13 based upon what his distribution looks like. Let's just start with Montgomery by actually looking at some of these comps and we can go through the fun of you rejecting uh, (laughs) these, these matches if you want. So his first four we'll look at, you have Eddie Lacy, 2014, Ryan Matthews, 2011, Saquon Barkley, 2019, DeMarco Murray, 2020, and actually let's add in one more, Joe Mixon from 2018 in at number five. So this gives him a projection of about 68 yards a game, 16 rushing attempts, half a touchdown, 4.3 targets, 27.4 receiving yards, and an average PPR projection of 17 points per game which to me feels a little bit richer than where I would actually put him. The final thing I'll say, when you look at his distribution, it's relatively flat in that he has similar matches at the like eight-point range, at the 10-point range, a little jump up at the 10-point range to the 20-point range, but there's not any very large bars in this histogram.
1: Yeah, I I mean, we can talk about the... The comps, I don't think the comps are actually, like, that bad, like, okay. that inaccurate. Um, I mean, you know, like, I don't think he's really Saquon Barkley-esque, but, you know, like, this is not really taking into account, like, athletic ability or yep. anything like that. It's just looking at the the rushing production, and I, I think, or rushing plus receiving, and I think the, the comps are fine. Um... I think one of the issues that we're going to run into with David Johnson, sorry, David Montgomery, uh, is that even, um, I think Montgomery truthers would probably acknowledge that a lot of things broke pretty well for him last year, Um, specifically the absence of Tariq Cohen, uh, because that really meant that targets could be funneled in a direction of David Montgomery the way they hadn't been in his rookie year. I don't know if we're going to, have similar luck with him this year maybe um you know because maybe Allen robinson is gone Uh, maybe just targets are really funneling to the running back position in general like there's there's potential there but um i honestly i'm a little bit skeptical that the receiving work that he got last year continues into uh this next season and then um I also think there's going to be a little bit of touchdown regression because he just ran very hot at the end of last year with the touchdowns that he was scoring. And I think if you kind of take a a bigger picture look at what was happening over the the course of the season or over his two years, um, they are probably just going to be fewer touchdowns.
2: Yeah, and and then to your point too about running hot at the end of the year, let's not forget that this was something that we saw coming because if you looked at Montgomery's final five, six-game stretch of the season, All of a sudden, the Bears shifted to playing one of the easiest running back uh, strength of schedules in terms of who their opponents were out of any team in the league. When we saw Montgomery playing against, you know, average to better than average competition, it was a much different story. Like right now, I'm looking in the player stat explorer Uh, between weeks one and 11. And I guess they had a buy in week 11 or 10. He missed one of those games. There only had one RB1 performance. He ended up having um, 47% of his games be RB1 performances, but all of those except for one came between weeks 12 and week 17. So if you're reading very heavily into how he closed the season, that's probably not the way that you want to be thinking about it. To wrap things up, the range of outcomes app puts him at 13. His ADP is at 21. I feel like the ADP is probably more appropriate than the range of outcomes projection. I think if you kind of average the two and get somewhere between you know, 21 to 13, that's probably relatively in the range of what I would view as acceptable for people drafting Montgomery.
1: I think that's fair. How would you factor... Uh, the uncertainty at the quarterback position for the Bears into an assessment of Montgomery?
2: Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I feel like uh, I don't, in my view, and I'm kind of thinking about this, like Russell Wilson potentially being the new quarterback there. If I think about that, maybe it gives him a little bit more stability week to week, but I don't think it radically changes things for me.
1: Yeah. And I think the odds of Wilson actually ending up as a quarterback are pretty low.
2: Yeah. Because like if, it's,
1: it's hard. It's just hard to know what's going to happen at quarterback in general with them.
2: Right. And if you think about them, like does Wilson coming in make them enough or make them strong enough of a team in comparison to what we saw last year on the offensive side of the ball that they start running substantially more than they would have in the past? Uh, Or like in comparison to what you saw last year, when you consider the fact that then Cohen is also in the mix, not that he's going to get a tremendous amount of rushing. But even if there is a step forward uh, in terms of overall play volume for Chicago, it's not uh, clear that there won't be, you know, a back off of two, two and a half percent of attempts for Montgomery.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I think that's right.
2: Okay, all right. Uh, let's head over to Miles Gaskin. So, actually, last week on the show, you directed me to a Miles Gaskin pick uh, while we were recording in a best ball league. So, Miles Gaskin, a very impressive year last year compared to what people were expecting. Um, his per game range of outcomes for 2021 puts him at right around 14 points with a high of 18.2. Um, 13 attempts a game 56 yards 0.4 touchdowns also 3 wrecks 8 yards a game matches with players like the aforementioned Ryan Matthews, David Johnson, DeMarco Murray. You see him 2015 Matt Forte, even a 2019 Alvin Kamara, 2015 Mark Ingram getting in there. His actual distribution is pretty solid Matt. He has a couple of comps um in the like 25 point range. Actually he has 5 at 20 plus. The key question here when you're evaluating Gaskin is what do the Dolphins do at the running back position? I've seen mocks where they end up with Najee Harris. Uh, At the very least, I have seen people thinking that the team will look to add another running back. Of course, they already have Salvin Ahmed there. Makes things dicey. I think that's why he has an ADP of 32 despite a range of outcomes projection of 14. Not that drafters would be using that or some type of similar input but it speaks to the fact that between what you would have saw last year projecting that forward versus his adp there's a pretty substantial delta
1: absolutely Uh, a massive spread between the production that he had and where he's going and yeah it speaks to the uncertainty Uh, that drafters have, both in terms of, I think, what that offense is going to look like, because it's now the third offensive coordinator coming in for the Dolphins in three years. Uh, And then, of course, we don't know, as you mentioned, what's going to be happening at the running back position. As impressive as Gaskin was last year, um, a couple of things. One, uh, he was on injured reserve for a chunk of it, uh, and he's only a seventh rounder. Uh, And so he doesn't have much draft capital invested in him. And, you know, you could think, all right, you know, he's sort of on the smaller side. Uh, He had an injury. Maybe the team doesn't view him as a quote unquote workhorse. Um, But I mean, he was really impressive, especially once he became locked in as the starter in week three. Uh, I mean, you know, at that point in eight games, he had, I believe, uh, about 800 yards. I think a little over 800 yards in eight games for scrimmage. You know, plus five touchdowns. I mean, it's it's hard to know what to do with him, but I think he he certainly has upside. And if you are of the opinion that um for some reason the Dolphins won't want to go with a running back early in the draft and, you know, I feel like that's not like a reasonable assumption to make, but like you can see how it happens. Like they have needs on defense, you know, they could still address offensive line. Maybe it's not until the fourth round that they go with a running back. And maybe not even then, because as you mentioned, they have guys, they have Gaskin, they have Ahmed. They don't really need another running back. If, if the dolphins make it through free agency (laughs) without a running back, and then they make it through the NFL draft, without adding a running back. Let's say maybe they add one late on day three. That kind of doesn't mean anything. At that point, Gaskins ADP is going to jump up. And even if they do add a running back, I don't know how much lower Gaskins ADP will drop. I think he's yeah. priced pretty close to his, to his floor. And as you can see in the range of outcomes app, like his ceiling is up there. So, I mean, getting him as the RB32 right now, I mean, think of him next to David Johnson. Easily, I would rather have Miles Gaskin right now because, I mean, again, we saw his ceiling last year, and it's possible he could reach it this year.
2: Yes. And I'll add to that, too, that even if they do take um, a running back that is a high-profile back out of the class that we have this year, we are still looking at a position where it's possible something unfortunate happens to that back. Maybe they don't get going like we expect. And Gaskin then can produce points, which at an ADP of 32 at the running back position, isn't that big of a cost to absorb, especially when you are given the upside, the upside that we talked about. Also, Some people believe that the Dolphins are now an organization under Brian Flores with his involvement that's heading in the right direction. They're going to make smart decisions. If you think that, then perhaps they recognize that they have two backs that they were able to use pretty well last year and that they don't need to address the position. Getting rid of that uncertainty, this is just a point, though, where if you're playing best ball leagues, you have to go after Miles Gaskin, in my opinion. Seems like Matt agrees. Let's take a quick break, however, and we will uh, get into a couple more interesting names when we return.
3: Hey, Rotoviz radio listeners, this is Curtis Patrick, and two of my favorite simple pleasures in life are good whiskey and sleeping on really nice bedding. Where do I get mine? Brook Linen. Most of us are going to spend thirty to thirty-five percent of our adult lives in bed. It's just not the place to cut corners. Well, my people, Rich and Vicki over at Brooklinen, they work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and your tastes. They're so confident you're going to love their products. They even offer a 365 day money back guarantee. And Brooklinen is so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear. I've got the graphite window pane collection, and my wife absolutely loves it. All their stuff looks great. You can order anything, and it's going to make you and everyone else in your house happy. Having a clean, fresh bedroom set, it's just one simple thing you can do to start and end your day like a champ. Go to brooklinen.com and use our promo code RODOVIS. You're going to get 25 bucks off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N dot com and enter promo code RotoViz for $25 off when you spend $100 or more. Plus, free shipping. brooklinen.com, promo code RotoViz, and check it out. What's up Road of Biz listeners, it's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Road of Biz Radio, and one of the co-hosts off of the Rotoviz Overtime podcast. I just wanted to drop-
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
3: By and say thank you as always for listening into another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz of NFL pass right now at rotaviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRadio2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show. And if you do have 5, 10, 15 seconds to spare, please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show.
2: Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash now. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to getroman.com slash now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash rotoviz. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. Matt, are you brewing uh, like a pot of tea over there or what's going on? No, uh, what are you talking about? Did you hear that? Because that sounded like it was coming from your end. I I was hearing like what can only be described as like a steam engine going by.
1: No, sorry.
2: Okay. All right. I guess that was just uh, on my end. It'll be interesting to see if that's in the recording or not. Otherwise, I'm going to sound like a complete moron, probably more than I normally do. Anyway, Austin Eckler is a player that is currently going at an RB ADP of 9. The range of outcomes that pass him at the 24th historical distribution score among running backs. Uh, I think that a major reason for this comes down to the fact that um, his comps I'm trying to, I thought about this earlier. There's interesting comps, right? Like Theo Riddick is his closest one from 2016, Um, which I I mean, I guess makes some sense because there's the receiving yardage where they would line up. Um, But Austin Eckler did have the 53 rushing yards per game. Really what's holding him back, Matt, is what I meant to get to. It's the rushing touchdowns from 2020 and the year prior, just not as strong to push him into a cohort with a lot of, what you might think of a for more traditional three down type of backs. So with that out of the way, which uh, rank are you closer to are you closer to having him at the RB nine or at the RB 24?
1: RB nine. I mean, for sure. Um, the, the touchdown thing is a question, but I do think one way or another, he's going to score much t- more touchdowns than the three he had last year. Uh, a great, it was in 10 games, but Uh, I think the bigger thing is to uh, look at the yardage. He had 933 scrimmage yards last year in 10 games. The year before that, 1,550 scrimmage yards in 16 games. Uh, He's getting the yards. And as long as the yardage comes, at some point the touchdowns will follow. So I'm not really too worried about the touchdowns, uh, unless it's just a situation where, you know, it's like Willie Parker – and Jerome Bettis or something. But I don't think that one of the other running backs on the Chargers has the clout really to take away a lot of the touchdowns from Eckler. So I'm still fully on board with Eckler. Um, You know, maybe if you're worried about the touchdowns, then you don't take him as the RB9. Maybe you wait a little bit, and that means you just don't get him in some leagues. But I don't know. Like, I'd say the main difference separating Christian McCaffrey, I mean, this is wrong, but Christian McCaffrey from Austin Eckler, like is, is touchdowns. Like that's the main difference. And McCaffrey gets more carries, but I don't know. Like there's, there's a a peak scenario for Eckler where he ends up having production that is pretty comparable to what you get out of Christian McCaffrey.
2: I get what you're saying, but I think that I'm inclined to disagree And the reason for that is, along Eckler's career, we have not seen more than three rushing touchdowns in a season that came in 2019. Perhaps if you get a full season with him as a lead back in an offense, you get more. However, I would say that McCaffrey has it in a range of outcomes for him to put up 10 or 12 rushing touchdowns in a season with like eight receiving touchdowns. Eckler did get eight receiving touchdowns in 2019, only had two in the 10 games last year. Maybe you could expect six, seven, maybe even eight receiving touchdowns, but to get to that 10 number for him, I think would be a bit of a stretch in an expectation. Perhaps that is in a range of outcomes somewhere, but that really feels like the top end. So I think I get what you're saying, but I don't think it's as realistic of a scenario as you might.
1: I mean, that's that's fair, but right now... I'm looking at the range of outcomes app. Eckler is projected for 0.3 touchdowns per game, rushing touchdowns per yep. game. Um, I think that might be a little bit low. Like maybe that's, maybe that's around where it should be. I mean, that certainly would project for more than three in a season and the receiving touchdowns 0.1 receiving touchdowns per game. Uh, that, that is way too low. Like I will, I will bet almost whatever you want that he will have more than 0.1 receiving touchdowns per game yeah well that's that's
2: fine but but what i was talking about was your statement of you know a a christian mccaffrey like possibility with with touchdowns which i was interpreting as total touchdowns so even if this is low on the touchdowns i'm conceding eight receiving touchdowns right maybe even call it ten that still leaves Eckler needing to get to like 10 rushing touchdowns to approximate a Christian McCaffrey-type outcome.
1: Yeah, I'm saying like McCaffrey, like there's a possibility that Eckler gets like 1,600 yards in like 12 to 14 touchdowns this year. Like that's not all that unrealistic because that is pretty close to what he did in 2019. Okay, all right. And, and yep. if he does that, that is actually pretty close to... To a McCaffrey type of season, okay. Like, like McCaffrey will probably have more touchdowns, but I don't know if you would look at the difference between them and then be like, "Yeah, I'd rather have Christian McCaffrey at number one versus Austin Eckler in the second round." You would probably, at that point, prefer Eckler in the second round.
2: Okay. All right. I I, I get what you're saying. Um, I just personally am not that sold on the comparison of Eckler and McCaffrey. I do get what you're saying, though. But I won't waste more time on that. Let's close out with the final player that we wanted to talk about, and that's J.K. Dobbins. I want to talk about this because right now, he has an ADP of the running back 13 in the range of outcomes tool. He comes in at running back 35 in his historical distribution score. I recognize that this tool might not be picking up some of the potential that he has. Still, though, and I'm pretty sure we mentioned this before, you have Lamar Jackson there. It's also looking like there's a decent chance you're going to have Gus Edwards. And Even if you don't have Gus Edwards, I'm still not convinced that you see Dobbins running away entirely with all of the work. And it goes back to there's only so much production you can get on a given team. Granted, they're a very good team running the ball, but this just feels too high for me.
1: Yeah, it's, it's aggressive. Um, RB13 is his ADP. That said, I mean, I think the range of outcomes is him pretty close to his floor right now. Um, like, I think it's, you know, like, baked into it is the assumption that, you know, Lamar Jackson continues to dominate as a runner and that there is another back that he's sharing work with and i i do think it's likelier than not that he is going to share the work with another back and so the adp as the rb13 that's really high but um you know people they're basically they're basically pricing him as if he's like amazon or something you know that like he's a growth stock uh that's just destined to produce and he has the talent for it. I just don't really know if he's going to get the opportunity. Like, I'm, I'm skeptical, so I would say he's overpriced. And actually, here's the thing. Even if we assume, like, perfection for J.K. Dobbins, yep. which would be, he's the lead back. There's going to have to be some other back there. But, like, he's the clear lead back. And Lamar Jackson takes a step back as a touchdown scorer. And so more touchdowns go to Dobbins, even if that's the case, I don't know. I I still don't know if he outperforms an RB 13 ADP by all that much. He probably does by a little bit, but I don't know if he's really much higher than like the RB 10.
2: Yep. And then I guess to give a little bit more perspective as to why this, this works me up so much. Let me read to you the names that you have right behind him. Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, James Robinson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think you can make a case that at least three to the three of those guys should be ahead of him. Especially I Antonio think, Gibson. I think uh, almost
1: all, all of them. them. Yeah. <laughs> right? Maybe not James Robinson because there's a lot of uncertainty with Robinson. But I think those other guys should be ahead of him.
2: Yeah, for sure. So I would say that if you're eager on getting J.K. Dobbins and you're in best ball leagues right now, maybe you... Maybe you back off, and then when Gus Edwards does resign, I guess that's an if, not a when. Then perhaps then that's when you get the exposure.
1: I think that's fair. Although I don't know, even if Edwards signs, I don't know how much it's going to hurt Dobbins' ADP.
2: That's pretty wild. I mean, to it, me. It,
1: it probably should, but yeah. I mean, people who were drafting him at RB thirteen, they are already so exuberant about him that even if Edwards returns that might not knock them down.
2: Oh boy, Matt. All right. Well, I guess that, that, that's, that's fair. Um, but sort of close out then, Matt, if you were drafting 100 best ball teams this year with the information that you have right now and you don't have to allocate the timing of it, just how, what percentage of teams do you want Dobbins on?
1: I mean, at this ADP, I'm, I'm not taking him
2: at all zero percent exposure
1: <laughs> yeah so that's how that's how you lose all your leagues <laughs> uh, but i mean you know m- maybe one
2: just right. just, so, <laughs> just
1: so i have that that one load exposure but this adp is just too much
2: yeah it is all right i completely agree with that i think that's a note that we can end on oh wow that came in loud um as always Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at DaveKabenFF and at MattFTheOracle. Thanks to Brooke Linen for sponsoring the show. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe. And as always, remember, it's not a fantasy if you believe it.